Frank, it must have been nearly a year ago or so, I want to say, where you took your Win32 app, Calca, and desktop bridged it and shipped it into the Windows Store. Is that accurate? Oh, gosh. Are we coming up on an anniversary? I didn't even realize. Um, It feels about a year ago, so I'm just going to take your word for it. But God, time flies. When I say it feels like a year ago, it does feel like I just kind of finished it, so I'm lying. Oh, yeah. And that was a good experience, I'm going to say. I've enjoyed the store. I really enjoyed not doing any processing on my own. Credit card processing, I mean. (laughs) Yeah, that was the tricky part because you were not only doing your own updates, you had your own, you know, XCs that you were distributing, your whole payment processing. And Frank, a year later, I went through the same exact thing. Oh, no. Did you finally ship? Oh, we were talking about it. I wanted you to ship like your first game or something. What were we talking about that I wanted you to ship? Well, at that time, I believe we were talking about yeah some game that I was building. But a few months ago, I started a new .NET Core WPF application. I don't know uh, why d- I chose WPF <laughs> as my front end, but I decided that I was like, you know what, .NET Core, it's running. It's running WPF apps. I'm going to build some WPF apps, and it's going to be great because my app will run everywhere, Frank. It's going to run Windows 7, Windows 8, Windows 10 because, you know, everybody obviously Twitch streams on those, and this utility app is going to be perfect for them. That was my thought. Is, is Are there hard numbers for that? Are the Twitch folks mostly Windows people? So Twitch people are mostly windows people because the streaming software itself works better on windows (laughs) sure Uh, it just it just does and mac has (laughs) some mac has some interesting audio and 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 driver incompatibility so most people i believe stream on windows not all but most people do Mm -hmm. and i was like well maybe this utility will be useful on windows 7 and windows 8 because i don't know what people are using uh at the time even though i do everything on windows 10 and like any developer, I'm building a tool for me, but of course I want to distribute it to the world. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's the same reason I wrote Calca with WinForms, because WinForms is just a very light wrapper over the Win32 API. Mm. And you can think of WPF as a very thick wrapper over the Win32 API. But um, WPF is so much better than Win32 for so many things. Um, I, I still prefer Win32 because I grew up with it. I know the API inside and out. I know how to hack it. I know how to make it do whatever I want. I don't have, even though I worked on the WPF team, I do not have that same skill level <laughs> with WPF. That said, WPF is so uh, feature-rich compared to Win32. It has all the media, ridiculous binding, 8 billion controls written at this point. So I honestly can't make fun of you for your choice here. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I know that on UWP, there's tons of great libraries and great other things. And I go, you know, I'll just, I want to try out this new tech, the new hotness, really give it a, I'm going to be a good dog fooder. You know, that was going to be like my contribution to Microsoft working there for some, I'm going to dog food. I'm going to go through a process of building this app. And uh, I did it and I finished it and I now have shipped it to the store, not using desktop bridge, (laughs) but using MSIX. 
Mizzix. Uh, oh, did they change it again? Do I have to change my build system again? Is that what we're talking about today? Because I just thought we were going to talk about WPF all day. <laughs> no. Well, so I did have a great time. Let me let me just back up here a little bit and tell you where I started, where I ended, and how this MSIX thing really has changed my world after knowing what you went through. Let me let me start. Let me start with what I know about MSIX. As far as I know, it's just a standard installer package, uh, packaging format that's been around kind of forever on Windows. And you double click it and installer comes on and yeah, you have new software. And I remember it was a lot of XML files and GUIDs and I never wanted to touch them. <laughs> yes. However, now is very, very easy. <laughs> Ooh, tell me more. Tell me. Take us on the journey, James. So I built this application. It's very simple. Uh, it's called My Stream Timer. The entire goal of it is a countdown clock, a count up clock. Uh, and I made it so you could. The idea was to pass a command line argument. So from my stream deck, which is this little you know thing on my desk, I could press a button, launch the app, and it would start a countdown timer. And I would put that into my stream overlay. So I'd be like, oh, starting in five minutes and it would count down. Very simplistic. I could add a minute. I could reset it, you know, just yeah. a few tabs. So I think I think I've seen this on your site before. You had um, like just a little kind of LED font for it or something at first. Mm -hmm. It was a little kitschy. Is that right? That one? Yep. Yeah, basically that. And then I was using another tool called Snaz, which is a like WinForms app and it's very, very complex. It has a bunch of tabs, mm -hmm. so many boxes. It's just ridiculous. And I'm, I go, I just want to count down. And I was like, I can build this. I can build it in WPF. I can build it with MVVM. I can port it to the Mac with Xamarin Forms. That's my goal. Um, and I can ship this thing. So I totally did it. And I got to the state where I go, okay, well, how do I distribute this thing? It's like, I have it. I have an yeah. XE. How do I yeah. get it to people? And I could just be like, download this XE, you know, just go for it. No, man, BitTorrent, like it's Windows. No one has, or everyone's got virus software, so no one cares. So you just throw it up on the torrent and be like, hey, kitties, go get it at this bit.ly URL. Isn't that modern? No. <laughs> you, you could do that, Frank. But then I thought a little bit further into here, which was, how do I deliver updates? Yeah. That, that's what kills you. And that's exactly the problem I was running into with Kelka. Um, I was using Squarespace, which actually has a really nice, simple store built right into it. It's actually very easy to get going with. We should get them to sponsor us someday. Um, <laughs> mental note. <laughs> but um, while it supported digital downloads, it didn't have any concept of apps and versions and any of that stuff. And so I was in this awkward position of being like, hey, everyone, just email me and I'll send you the EXE or a new link to it. And then I was writing update software and it was so messy. And that's what got me onto the Microsoft Store. Yeah, so I go, okay, well, how am I going to get you know, a WPF .NET Core 3 app. In, in, and I want to do it one of two things. So I go, if I'm on the Microsoft store, that means that I'm going to be on Windows 10 only. So I tweeted out Ooh. and that my goal, right, was like, well, I'm going to do this in WPF so I can ship it anywhere. That was my goal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wasn't thinking the store's not on those old ones. Darn. It's not on those old ones. So I tweeted out the question, like, how do you do this and how do I get it out there? And people said, well, go use Squirrel. Just go use Squirrel, yeah. which is a package manager updater. Uh, Paul Betts, you know, friend of the show, has uh, 
definitely talked about it for a long time. Well, let's talk about it for a minute here, because I think it's actually very impressive. Um, my biggest problem with using .NET on Windows in the past, years ago, was version mismatches. You could never get someone on the right version of .NET. Um, you, you always hated saying, like, here's my app. It's only 200K, but you have to install 200 megabytes of .NET to get it to work. Mm-hmm. It was always these weird um, chicken and egg scenarios with installing our apps. And... There was installer technologies, but they were all kind of ridiculous and hard to use and hard to get exactly right. And Squirrel was just a brilliant piece of work to package up your apps, handle updates, just make life easier, not requiring admin stuff. It's just a beautiful design. It's very, very nice. And I go, oh, maybe I'll, I'll go ahead and try to implement this. And I was live streaming it. And they even have a way of doing GitHub like releases. You can use GitHub oh. as your backend for distribution, which is great because you don't have to pay for <laughs> bandwidth. You're like, whoa, that's cool, you know? Yeah. And then I go, well, does it support .NET Core 3? And maybe, maybe not. I'm not really sure. There was some uh-huh. open stuff. It didn't really seem like it, it was was there. Maybe uh-huh. it wasn't. And .NET Core 3 Sad. is still it's still in preview. Right. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm you shipping can't really I'm shipping preview bits. Yeah. You can't yell at people. <laughs> yeah. I can't I can't be mad at them. So, yeah, uh, it's tough. Um, I've been running into that, too, because I desperately want to switch all my libraries, all my apps over to preview three specifically again for the new version of C sharp. Um, but yeah, you just you can't yell at people right now because Microsoft's brilliant and put that word preview on it. It's true. It's very true. So I tweeted out this question. I got a lot of recommendations. And then someone said, MSIX. And And that is when I realized there's a few cool things about MSIX that I want to talk about. So the first is I like to think of it as the evolution of the desktop bridge. The entire goal of the MSIX and the packaging tools is to simplify app distributions and automatic up app updates frank built both both Both. so now you have my attention sir because up till now i was just thinking of one of those install shield installers and i'm like over it but now sir tell me more so you can take any xe any installer any msi shove it into the package manager or any app inside of visual studio and it'll just work but how's it updating? Where's the magic, James? How does it know how to get uh, updates and all that kind of stuff? So built into the MSIX and the tooling, you can host you host your files and your installer on a web server or a shared path. If you're in an enterprise, you could put all of your apps into a shared location. And get out. No, I'm 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 get 100 out. Yep. No, I'm serious. It's just like a stupid line in a config file. <laughs> yes. It's it's a line that says, "Hey, go check this URL for app updates," and they generate everything you need to upload to your backend. So I created uh, a a web app inside of Azure. I FTP'd into it and I drag and dropped a bunch of files into <laughs> yeah. it, and now I have a beautiful website that has my app in it that I can download. And and then you can say how often you want to check once a day, every time you open it every five days, and it will automatically update it just as if it came from the Windows store. 
Oh my god. Okay, well, I guess we have a few things to discuss now. <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. I love it. Uh, yeah, that was going to be my first question is how does it know the difference between versions? But it sounds like it's generating a bunch of metadata, a- additional files that go along with just the MSIX that has all that kind of information. That's super yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, it has yeah. your kind of like required operating system, version, architectures, publisher, certificate, all the things that you would imagine. Now, um, what were, were you saying you wanted to run on Windows 7? So does all of this work on Windows 7? This is a great question, Frank. So now, how you make it is, is, is very interesting. Because what you do is you go into Visual Studio, uh, and I did it in 2019, and you have to have UWP installed to get the new yeah. <laughs> irony. <laughs> the irony of it is that you have to have UWP installed because the app package is some sort of UWP thing. And, right. and what you do is you just add your project as a reference. So I added my WPF as like the, the package reference to say, hey, this is the app I want to build. Filled in some metadata. I said generate package specify my architectures and i said you know sideload it enable sideloading mm-hmm. and through this process automatically this will work at least right now on windows 10 okay so this sounds very familiar to me this sounds roughly the process that i went through with kelka is is that true? Is this at least this beginning part here? Is it similar to the one you would do to take any app and put it on the store versus just a MSIX? I believe so. I, I believe so. It's just it was it's very automated. So you go in and you specify all of your icons. It like generates all of them for you. You specify your metadata. You can add like different permissions if you need them. You can specify specific Windows 10 things. So I added a protocol. So in this process, there is no XE or it's an XE hidden somewhere on the disk. I have no idea where it lives. So I wasn't going to implement a command line. I was trying to go implement a command line version of this so you could specify like start five minutes. So I added a protocol for URIs. So now you can do my stream counter colon slash slash countdown five minutes and it will start automatically because Windows 10 has it built in. Very cool, right? But it's a WPF app. It's a WPF app. Bananas. It's so confusing. I love it. So uh, rewinding. Okay, we have a WPF app. It's a separate project. We created a new project. What is this project type called when you say like file new? It is a Windows package packaging project. Windows packaging project. Okay, so you create one of these, reference yours, set all the properties, and this gets us to a point where we have an awesome package that now ask, <laughs> tell me if this part's right. Um, does it only work on Windows 10 at this point, this package? So at this point in this date and time, it only works on Windows 10, correct? Okay. Now, uh, do you have a plan for the older operating systems or do you just have another trick up your sleeves you, you haven't told me? So luckily... Microsoft has a plan <laughs> to do this. So <laughs> come save us. <laughs> this is where it gets a little bit tricky. And I want to deep dive into where things diverted immediately from my plan. But let's take a break real quick, Frank. And thank our sponsor this week 
Instabug. Listen, you just finished developing your app, just like I just finished developing my app, and you want to get it to testers, you want to get feedback before you ship it off to the App Store. Well, that's where Instabug comes in. They're here to help you streamline your feedback process because that stuff is tedious, right? It never gives you enough data. So Instabug's here to help. It's an SDK that you can integrate into your beta apps, has a super intuitive bug reporting and feedback process for your users to report back issues, gather all the data and things like that. Now, when your app goes live, you can continue to gather insights. You can measure user satisfaction through surveys uh, that will, you know, you prompt when you want to. You can do star ratings in your app, multiple choice questions, anything that you want. So you can continue to build better apps. Now, the great part here is that you can get started in just minutes. You can go to instabug.com slash merge to show your support for the show. And you will get 20% off any plan when you use the offer code mergeconflict2019. One word, one thing, mergeconflict2019. And they'll even give you a free 14-day trial to get started. Head over to instabug.com slash merge. And thanks to Instabug for sponsoring this week's pod. Thanks, Instabug. Yeah. Boy, I need to put uh, surveys in my apps. Gotta yeah. get on that. Gotta learn. Gotta learn. Continuously learning. So, Frank, I'm in this state where I have now published my test app up to here, and I and I only support Windows 10 at this point. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've sent you the link in Zencaster so you can look to see what it generates. I did absolutely no work at all, and this is what I get, which is very cool. It's it's pretty good. Let me uh, give a picture for the audience here. We have a big icon that looks kind of like a default one, James. Is that a default icon you chose? No, I, I made that in in like... A... Uh, you're killing it because it looks just like a, a Windows icon. So it's mm-hmm. perfect. Um, we have a title, a version, a bit of text, and a nice button that says, get the app, which on Mac doesn't seem to do much. <laughs> no, I would assume not. So... On Windows 10, this will do something. It will download the application and install it for you. Now, the problem that I ran into is that you need to sign your application with a cert, a PFX cert, just like normal. Oh, yeah. I remember this. In the bad old days, we all had to run off and get our own certs. And it was hard. Uh, Developer certs are super annoying because they make you go through like, I don't know, background checks and stuff it's it's dumb (laughs) and you gotta pay for it and it's dumb like it's just the worst system on the planet and it's not cheap either it's expensive kind of it's a few hundred dollars based on where you get it from uh, every year and they expire like you got to get a new one next year it's the dumbest system on the planet sorry windows but it's dumb (laughs) and this is so at you know when you install your app it's trusted it's nice and it's good now this version i just signed with my test cert and you know i was talking at this point to the msix team and some of the developers and they said uh well you need to get a real cert so when your any user installs it it will just be seamless and if you don't then they'll have to install your cert first. So I actually have no idea what will happen on your machine because I'm using the test cert. I think you'll have to install it, but luckily there's a publisher cert link in the additional link, so you can just install it from there. And then I'm powering up, I'm powering up my virtual fusion machine. So we'll have an answer to that one in a question in a moment. As we go. My guess is, yeah, you definitely need to sign your apps. Windows has just gotten so 
angry <laughs> at unsigned code these days. Yeah. I don't know, though. I am curious to see what dialogues it presents. I'm curious, too, because on my machine, when I click get the app, it's super butter. It's really nice. It literally downloads a very small file. It's almost like one click and it just says install and it's very nice and you can launch the app and it just adds it. And it's, it's very beautiful. I'm very impressed by the process. And then I started to think because someone <laughs> in the chat, maybe it was Oren said, if you just distribute it to the Windows store, then Windows does the certification and the certs and that's trusted on every Windows machine. You don't have to pay any money. And then I said, I get it now. The thing that I want to do, which is this website, is really for enterprises or for people that are going to charge money for their apps and, you know, are going to buy a cert and they're a trusted source. This isn't for me. That's what I've hmm. learned. Because that's sad because I really like the site it made. I, yeah, it's I'm nice. Sure you could customize it and everything. Yeah. However, that's really sad. However, this website is perfect for my beta testers that are going to go through. Okay. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying here? Yeah. You could ship yeah. this as a beta through this site with your test cert. Your beta users can install it. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be easy. We'll find out in a few minutes, apparently. And then mm -hmm. you could continuously ship updates to your beta all the time. So you could use it as your own dev build. So if you were just an independent developer building an app for yourself, you want it on all your machines, boom, this thing is great. Or even for your own company. Yeah. So I was really impressed. Now, you asked about Windows 10 and will this support older machines? And the answer is yes. Apparently in the works is a sort of packaging tool where you can download uh, basically an installer that will be able to install these installers of some sort, I guess. Uh, <laughs> the this, packager packager. A package, I can't wait. A packager packager installer of an installer packager. Well, James, I am ready to get the app. I'm ready to click the button. Okay. Should we take bets and what's going to happen? Do it. A, I clicked. A little white window came up with a little squirrely thing. And it says, Publisher Refactored. Capability uses all system resources. Wow, James, you might want to get your memory resources down there a little. <laughs> it's going to access my internet. And should I launch when ready, I'm going to click the install button. Has your icon there, by the way. Nice. Uh, scrolling, scrolling. Uh-oh, error. My stream timer installation failed. Either you need a new certificate installed for this app, or you need a new app package with a trusted cert. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. So you're just going to give around your um, PFX file. What are they called on Windows? So I don't think it's there. If you go to the additional links, you'll see the publisher certificate. I think you can right-click and download that and just install it. Ooh, yeah. um, additional links, publisher certificate. I'm just going to click it. We'll see what. It'll... Oh, <laughs> nope, never mind. Edge did not like that. Let's try to download it. Yeah, it should show you a oh, bunch but of it's nice. shenanigans, basically, because it's a cert file. <laughs> um, oh, Lordy, it's not downloading very well, James. They need to work on that link. <laughs> Let me try in Chrome. If you right click, save okay. as. Yeah, but it wants to save it as an HTML file. So that's not going to fly. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. But that's what you would have to do is, yeah, um, install that cert. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I actually pay for a cert because I do a tiny bit of work outside and I do create installer packages. Um, so sometimes I just say, eh, it's a cost to do in business as someone who makes apps. But I totally get... Um, 
yeah, th- this will work fine for beta testers once they make that link better. Or maybe you can put up the link <laughs> better. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, I think you can. So they give you the HTML page and you, you, you just do whatever you want on it, right? So they give you the things, you do the things, you just click the buttons. And it just launches that little installer, which is super nice. And yeah, for your situation, it's great because um, in that in that regard, you know, you already have a cert. So this is going to work great for you if you want to distribute it and, and have some sort of paywall. You're going to still have to do some sort of payment processing and all the things. Now, <laughs> from my understanding, I could be wrong and this could change in the future. It seems as if the Windows 7, Windows 8 experience is more of enterprise type feature i think that anyone could do it but you're not going to ask your users to install and install our app to install your app you know so well if it's smooth if they don't mm, notice it's fine that's true um, the current visual studio installer is an installer for an installer <laughs> so, that's true you know i i love seeing that thing update and you know steam does it i think honestly the modern generation gets it it's a bootstrapping problem you always need an installer for an installer that's a good point i didn't think of it that way yeah so yeah maybe maybe it won't be a big problem i I don't know if that is ready yet or if it's going to be but for me (laughs) i was like oh this is cool and then i didn't want to pay for a cert because this tool is free so (laughs) the nice part here frank is that i didn't have to change anything previously more I would previously I would go into Visual Studio. I would right click and say distribute sideloaded apps. Now I right click and I say distribute to the app store and it goes through the same process and it ships the package up to the Microsoft store and it's in certification right now as we speak. Awesome. Yep. Okay. So do you have more demographics? I guess we kind of started with my question of um, Windows users, uh, Twitch users use Windows. Uh, do you know the version breakdown of those stats? Mm. I am not really <laughs> not positive, to be honest with you. I believe that Windows 10 maybe is is the biggest share of great. Versions. So you're all set. You're done. <laughs> I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm trying to look up like literally on you the know, Internet, but that doesn't help. Apparently. Uh, did Microsoft give any time frame for the packager packager? I just saw some tweets. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, I didn't do all that much research on it. So um. that's fine, James. It's all right. Hey, guess what? I installed your certificate and now I'm going through your installer again, clicking install. It's getting my system ready and it failed. Oh, okay, no. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Shoot. Um, yeah, I think the problem is it, uh, you used a machine signed certificate and the signer, um, it couldn't, it couldn't find a signer for it. Mm. Yeah, I probably, oh, you know what it was. So I just right clicked and used my test cert. What I didn't do, why this is failing. And and it's because the the person told me as well that this would be the issue (laughs) is that I needed to create a self-signed cert and then that would work. That's it. Yeah, because now that I inspect the certificate, it says issue to some GUID, issued by some GUID. Yeah, so this is this is a pretty pathetic little cert you gave me. So yeah, you need to do a self-signed. Yeah. So I will do a self-signed cert. So that's easy because that's just command line. It totally works. That's free, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I have an update for you. There is a preview. Right. There is a preview of the Win Seven MSIX installer, so you can get that. <gasps> awesome. Uh, so would the process be you uh, the end user end user process? Would they just have one exe, or would they actually have to take two steps? It seems as if it may be 
two steps, but there might be a way of bootstrapping that together. Or you could just update and say, like, yeah. install one, install two. You know what I mean? But I'm not positive. Yeah, I just prefer one click installs. That's what was so impressive about Squirrel back in the day. But, you know, James, we could easily write an installer, installer, installer. <laughs> That's true. And that would solve this problem. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. You know, I think I'll that... write it in Win32, all in assembly, zero dependencies. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I think the nice thing here is that in in general, you know, this MSIX thing is really supposed to be not only just for Windows, but I think the idea is that it's also cross platform and works everywhere. So you mean on like all the Win 10 platforms, right? I mean, on Mac, on Linux, on Android. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm. I, I'm pretty sure i mean i'm literally looking at the um the packaging on the on the on mm-hmm. the msix packaging github and it it says that it you know they'll they'll <laughs> they'll, they'll do stuff I, I don't know what that means so i don't know what that means yeah, so just talking from the mac side here when i go to your website on the mac it wants to use a scheme of ms dash app installer so on mac you would have to have an app that responds to that uri to that uri scheme Mm. and that app could take over but gosh i didn't think microsoft would work on such an app but hmm, maybe someone else can yeah I, i don't know at the end of the day all i know is this is a good first step and compared to what i kind of remember you doing for your desktop bridge it it was really simple and I have a blog post that I'll, I'll is coming out at some point uh, on my blog that I, I step through. I'll send you a preview of it, but you can kind of see me walking through the steps. And yeah, when you just say like, check my app once a day, and I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I want to have it to do. You know what I mean? Uh, and I love that. Yeah, it, it just it just worked. I was I was like, wow, this I can't believe this just worked, and it totally worked. Now I do need to do that self signed cert and get that done. But besides that, I, I was like. This is cool because I'm also spicing it up with those protocols and and other things. And you know what? I'm I'm a happy camper. I mean, I could have gotten around this just by creating a UWP app at the end of the day. But <laughs> maybe you have existing apps, Frank, and you know you need to publish them into the store, like, or you need to publish them yeah. onto the web and get them <laughs> downloaded easily. And boom, it totally happened. I'm very happy with myself. Well, you know, UWP runs in a sandbox, too. Sometimes you just, you know, you don't want the constraints. Yeah. You don't, you want to get outside the box. So it's a totally valid scenario. And yeah, any dev tool, anything that's going to do a lot of file system stuff, you kind of just want to be out of the box. Yeah. Now, you know, one thing that really got me, though, is I was using for my WPF app, I was saving some files to disk. So I used environment variable local application data. That seemed like a good place. Uh, sure. But you're in .NET. Why, why aren't you using environment, get special folder, special folder, dot, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I just, okay. I, now I'm using, so local application data, it exists, but it's, yeah. it's actually, once you put it through this process, it is masked because it's buried down into some crazy directory, unlike, you yeah. know, where it would normally be. So now I'm using common application data and that, and that seems to work for me so i don't know <laughs> and then there's like the roaming application data i think there's like three different places you can use on windows um yeah good luck with that i never know where to put files 
anywhere, especially because I write cross-platform, and it's so different where you're supposed to put files on a Mac versus Windows. Yeah. It's always kind of one of those annoying parts of writing cross-platform software. Yeah. Something as mundane as that. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was it's still a WPF application, which means you can still have multiple instances of it running, um, you yeah. know, which I well, fixed with a mutex, t- but that's about it. <laughs> Did you really? That's so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you took away the one awesome feature it has over UWP. Nice. Yeah, WPF is just really powerful. It's just, it, it was meant to replace Win32, so it has just all the features. It's quite impressive. Yeah, it's good. That's my story of distributing my WPF.NET Core 3 application. So this is good stuff. I mean, I feel like half of my time as a developer, I'm thinking about distribution. So it's a little it's not at all weird that we talk about it a lot because it's always on our minds. Yeah, always on my mind. And it and it and it it was on my mind in the beginning. I was like, I'll just wait until the end. And then I go, oh, crap, app updates. And, you know, <laughs> this did it. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, crap. App updates. Show title. <laughs> Seamless app updates with that MSI axe. Yeah, I was very I was very impressed overall. So uh, kudos. So now maybe you'll you can go through this process. And I will say, though, the reason that you did see that it needs full access, full permissions is because just like desktop bridge, it's it's running in a pseudo sandbox. I'm pretty sure. It's a sandbox with no walls. <laughs> it's a sandbox in name only. <laughs> just the sand is sprawling out the end. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like, try to keep it in there, kids. Oh, no. Well, I look forward to your blog because I want to see what the difference is between what I did. So it'll be nice to compare and contrast. Yeah, I think that you'll be uh, you'll be pleasantly surprised. But yeah, uh, I'd be interested if anyone else has gone through it or, or what they did. But my app will be hopefully out in the stores as long as it passes cert. And uh, that's that's the thing is why I, did, I didn't want to have a certification process. I hate certification processes. <laughs> yeah, of course. Ugh. No one wants it. So did you pick an age level? What age level is it? Three or it's just automatic, right? It's just like, yeah. <laughs> okay. I did yeah. get to make, I did get to, I mean, the nice thing is it will have a fancy page associate, associated with it. Um, but, you know, and I made a fancy github icons you know has icons i made a fancy github page for my stream timer and everything and i added a bunch of these you know these icons and images inside of uh inside of uh the 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 app store page so we'll see how it goes but yeah is it open source or are you venture backed on this one this is completely vc funded on this one oh good good yeah you don't want to give this kind of thing out (laughs) no it's completely open source okay cool yeah no it's completely open so <laughs> just checking yeah no i i built it live on twitch so i could use it with twitch you know what i mean so how incestuous <laughs> yeah that's how we do Great. it so yeah awesome one more time with the installers and it won't be the last yeah i know it it, it will not be the last i mean they i i want to believe that this is this is the last one but i don't know so no we have to do a whole episode on the installer installer obviously this was just one big tease for that episode that'd be true because i would be interested to know how it works for your app right could you use this and then seamlessly process to windows 7 and windows 8 with with the new process yeah i mean that was the biggest downside of me going onto the store was losing windows 7 people so i'm absolutely curious about this 
Yeah, well, we'll report back as soon as we know more. Frank, thank you for letting me talk about packaging applications for 35 minutes. You know I enjoyed it too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Good. All right, well, thanks everyone for tuning in. And of course, thanks to everyone that has been chatting with us in our Discord chat uh, and also our Patreon supporters. We super appreciate that. And of course, our sponsor, Instabug, for sponsoring this week's pod. You can find us on all the normal places, Twitter, the app stores, the podcast applications, all the things, you know, just click the button, subscribe, tell your friends about the show. Super appreciate it. And of course, um, you know, feel free to write an email, go to mergeconflict.fm, send us an email. We like that. We'll read it back. That's going to do it for this week's Merge Conflict. Until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace.